Right. But do you see the way that when we worship, that God brings all sorts of stuff to our heart and mind that doesn't have to be the same? God can speak through one song and say something to me and say something totally different to somebody else or one scripture verse means something to me and it means something to somebody else. That's okay because we're not doing a new age exercise. We're tuning into God and God's voice and God speaking and God affirming to us. So it's okay to do that sort of stuff. When I, we sing songs before, you lifted me from the miry clay, what, what image you get in your heart and mind could be totally different to me, but it's okay. And that's what we want to do. We want to train and equip people to hear God in the context that they're in. And God will use us for our own benefit and edification, but also so we can give stuff away. Thanks, Matt. Can you flick to the... Song goes on for about 30 minutes, so you won't keep going. So we've been looking at three very intentional and purposed reasons why God speaks to us. The first is that it's for our benefits, for our equipping, it's for our building up knowledge, building up an intimacy with God so that we grow and so that we experience God personally. I can't think of anything worse than being religious and not experiencing God in the process. Like that is dry and barren. And that's not the design of Christianity. Christianity is supposed to be relational where we touch and we feel and we sense and we know so that when we come together as a body and we worship like we are this morning, it would be a horrible exercise if you walked out untouched by God. That's not the dynamic. The dynamic is that God wants to speak into us so that we hear his voice, so that we know, so that we're encouraged and we feel loved and affirmed and so that we're equipped. And, 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 and then we've got this love relationship with God. We're not doing religious things. We're doing relational things out of love for God and out of obedience so that we're being shaped into the likeness of Christ. So when God speaks, we learn and we know and we become this beautiful Christian, Christ-like person. But it's not just for that. It's so that what is in us can be multiplied out and be a blessing to other people. That's the second reason why God speaks, because he wants to establish a community of faith where there's accountability, where there's affirmation, where there's a sense that we go on the journey together. And Christianity is not an isolated individual thing, and yet it is, and yet it's a community thing as well. It's supposed to be played out in the context of common unity, that we all worship the same God. So we have that unity, but then we have the diversity, that Shannon hears one thing and Deanna hears another thing, but it's all coming from the same God. There are many manifestations and administrations working by the same Spirit. Okay? So God doesn't want us to be uniform. He wants us to have unity in diversity. And that's the beautiful picture of the church. And in Ephesians, God said that his manifold wisdom would be displayed in the church so that, that our relationships and how we come together as a family as an army and as a hospital demonstrates to the world and to the principalities and power that God's wisdom is true and right because he's the evidence. He's the evidence of people loving one another, of giving people grace and mercy, of, of esteeming others better than ourselves, serving one another. That speaks to the principalities and powers that God's power is alive. He's alive in us. It's like a no, 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 no. 
That's basically what it is. It's God's able to point to the church and say, see, I didn't die in vain. They're people of faith. They're people of righteousness. They're people of purity and honor and holiness. And so God can point to us and say, see, the risen Jesus is alive in Mark. He's alive in Trent. He's alive in Sam. See the evidence. It's a bit like the Job thing where God's able to point. And so it's a beautiful thing that we come together in this great tapestry, a mosaic is probably the best word, all the shattered, broken pieces of our lives put together in this beautiful mosaic. That's the second reason. And we've been looking at the last couple of weeks at those two, and there's a few things that I want to say. When we talk about listening to God, about experiencing God like we have this morning, listening to a song or sitting under a tree and journaling or whatever it is, that exercise, there's a time dynamic. And if you're in a hurry to listen to God, it's not going to work. It takes time. Okay? And if you're looking at your clock thinking, hmm, it's quarter to 11, God, hurry up and speak. Uh, we are never going to get to the depths of relationship with God that he desires because God's not running on a clock. When you've gone to a, a third world country or a hot climate, probably like Mauritius, something like that, time is not an issue. And that factor alone allows God to do so much more because people are not in a rush. They're already in a disposition of quietness and listening and not in a hurry. It's a prerequisite for, for hearing from God. So that's one thing. Time's so important. The other thing that's really important as we translate hearing from God for just our own benefit into hearing from God for the benefit of others is that we need to do it orderly and we need to do it for the common good. Okay? Let me give you an example. Last week, when we were listening to God and people were responding, Russell came up, okay? And Russell shared about Peter and John going to the temple and um, the crippled man there, silver and gold, gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, okay? So he shared something that he felt was for the common good, okay? And then Linda got up and shared about Nehemiah and having a trowel in one hand and building with the sword in the other. What we need to learn to do in the context of hearing from God is work out, God, are you giving this information for my benefit alone? Or are you giving me this information for the benefit of the church family? And so when Russell gets up to speak and he shares and he really believes that's from God, then there's an obligation from us to respond to that, not to rush into the next person speaking. Okay, because if God's saying something, then we need to give people opportunity to respond. So this is what Paul said. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction or a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation, but everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at a most, um, mostly th- no more than three should speak, one at a time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of other prophets. 
For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but in everything it should be done in a fitting and an orderly way. And that's the learning dynamic of taking what you hear from God for yourself and then figuring out, God, is this just for me or is this for everyone to know? And that's a heavy weight. It is a heavy weight because if the Spirit of God is trying to flow and move and we interject something into that flow that's not on God's agenda, then we disrupt it. So that means everyone goes, "Mm, I'm never speaking in church because I don't want to disrupt the flow. The other side of that is that, that if God is using you to keep the flow moving or to inject something into the flow and you don't speak, then we hit a brick wall. So it's learning, God, is this for me? Is this the time? And my encouragement would be to have the dynamic as an open thing. Yes, I'm encouraging you to use those gifts and those senses and come forward. But if you're not sure, sit on it. Just sit on it and wait for a confirmation. And you might find that somebody else gets up and shares and they shared exactly what you were going to share. Okay, and you get the confirmation. I was right, but it was for the body. And the body got the information and the body got blessed. So we can just move on. But that's the part of hearing from God that we don't do well as a church. Because we A, we don't give time. And A, we don't process the information. We, we're in a rush to get on to the next thing. It's okay to go slow. It's okay to have quietness. It's okay just to be still and listen to God. And so we've got to get that flow and that order right. Which means we've got to have discernment. Because if I drop the wrong thing into the life of the service, then the ripple effect will flow out and it will be disruptive. That's why it's got to be for the common good. It's got to build people up. It's got to build up their faith. It's got to build up their their belief that God can use them and will use them. And we have this complement of giftedness that flows. So in Corinthians, there's nine spiritual gifts, right? And there's 60 people here. So what's that? Five. My math is not good. 540? 540? So if we're, all our gifts are going to be used in the context of a two-hour service, that's 540 things that have to happen among 60 people in a church service. That isn't going to work, is it? So we've got to be listening to God to know, God, what are you asking me to do for my own benefit? And what are you asking me to do to serve the body of Christ? And I believe what Paul was saying in that passage of Scripture is that there is an open door for God to use any of us in the life of a church. And that's my responsibility to make that environment and that atmosphere open for the gifts to flow and move. But it's our mutual responsibility to make sure they're used for the common good and they're used in order. Does that make sense? Otherwise, we just have a free-for-all. And then that's not edification then. We've got to get something out of what's happening. We've got to be able to respond to it or it's got to teach us something or it's got to convict us of something so that we can change behaviour. So God does things for a purpose. Does that make sense? Okay, that's good. So we're going to move on to the third reason why God speaks. And this to me is the most important one of them all. Yes, I get blessed when I hear from God and I'm affirmed and I'm built up and I grow in knowledge and I become Christ-like. 
And yes, I can outwork that in a safe relationship with other people who are like-minded and want the same things. But if all we have here is a holy huddle, we are not fulfilling the great commission of Jesus Christ to go into all the world. We need to hear from God for the purpose of going out, of being sent, of going into the world so that the whole world will hear the gospel. Now, this is my illustration for you of what we try and do with the gifts of God. And Imagine these are all the spiritual gifts, right? And we come together on Sunday morning on a two-hour service, and we try and stuff all the spiritual gifts into one service and have this great time, right? And then all the spiritual gifts stay locked up in the church. It's the only place that we really use them. But to me, that makes no sense. Because if that were true, then the, then the book of Acts would be a catalogue of how to do church. But it's not. It's a catalogue of how to go out into the world and use the spiritual gifts that God has given us for the benefit of non-Christian people. You get what I'm saying? Why do you need a word of wisdom when you've got the Bible in your hand and you've got the Spirit of God living in you? You need that word of wisdom far less than the man out in the world who has no knowledge of God or no wisdom flowing from God. Okay? Why do we need gifts of healing so much in the church? Because when we come to Christ and we submit our lives to him, he'll heal us in the context of church life. But it's the people in the world that need healing far more than us. We're already healed. So I want you to think about the spiritual gifts, not so much as finding ways within the church family that we can use them. Yes, they work there. And yes, they're part of the picture. But the bigger part of the picture is that God is gifting us to touch the world, to speak into the world. Our friends that are coming in a couple of weeks, Greg and Julie Bailey, have a ministry where they go into businesses and they prophesy over businesses, non-Christian businesses. And boy, do they stir some stuff up when they go in. Because you imagine someone coming into a business and you don't know anything about the business, but you begin to speak truth and revelation and you begin to mouth things that have happened in the past and God is saying this will happen in the future, you've got those people's attention straight away. How did you know that? Oh, because God's told me. Tell me about your God. You've got an open door for salvation. If you come alongside someone at your workplace who's really struggling and you speak a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom into their life, their antenna, spiritual antenna is going to go up in a hurry. And you will be able to minister to them. So God indwells us for the purpose of us being able to hear from him and to be able to be part of a family and build that family up so that that family can send us out. Not to keep things in the context of four walls. And sadly, that's where the church hasn't been really good at validating where God has placed you. We look at the pastors and the people in full-time ministry and we say they are the ones that have the wisdom and knowledge and giftedness and authority and power more than anybody else. And that's a lie. We just have a gift, not the gifts. I'm no better than anybody else. I just have my part to play in the body. And if God says, Mark, tomorrow you're finished here, go there. I've got to choose to go because God's heart is to reach us but to reach this community, Officer, Pakenham, Derek, 
and to spread and to multiply those gifts out. Make sense? God wants a minister in every plumbing store, a minister in every classroom, a minister in every IT shop, a minister in every bank, a minister in every architect store. You get the point? God wants us to be ministers where he's put us. And that's the belief system that we've got to have that God has ordained us to go wherever he's called us to go. And that's between you and God. We've got to carry on the ministry of Jesus to win the lost. I want you to listen to this song. Yes. 
that's God's heart for the nation and that's why he came to seek and save the lost and that's why he poured out his spirit on all flesh so that we could go to the ends of the earth now we happen to be near the ends of the earth or close to it so we don't have as far to go but you get the principle God wants to pour out his spirit in our lives Matt can you just flick that on please mate it's getting stuck so okay this is when it gets exciting I believe God's going to call us individually and as a church to do things way beyond our capabilities. He's going to stretch us. On the proviso that we stand at the altar and say, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm willing to go. So my challenge for you this morning, firstly, is are you willing to surrender all? Are you willing to go where God says to go, when he says to go, how he says to go? That might just mean to Pakenham, but it might be to Peru. I don't know. That's God's, that's why we need to hear his voice. But I honestly believe that when we come individually and say, Lord, I'm hungry for you, I'll go where you want me to go, send me. He'll send you. He'll take you at your word and he'll send you. Now, I don't know where your mission field will be. But that's the first point. We need to surrender. We need to say, Lord, I'm willing. And if you're not willing, you can come to the altar and say, Lord, I'm willing to be made willing. Sometimes that's the, that's the lead up to saying, Lord, I surrender. Is to say, Lord, I'm willing to get to that point. Would you help me? So today we're going to do that. We're going to give you an opportunity to just surrender all. And I believe God wants us to have his heart for the lost because that's going to be the motivation to go. Okay, if you're disconnected and you don't care and your heart doesn't break for lost people, then you're not motivated to get involved. So we need God's heart. We need his spirit in us to motivate us and to, and to, to give us the boldness and the courage. So first of all, it's sacrifice. 
But when we talk this language, there's always this thing of fear that starts to come up. Oh, I'm inadequate, or I don't have the skills or the abilities or the capabilities. Guess what? You don't. That's truth. You don't. You don't have what it takes to be complete in Christ. Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus in us. It's about his power in us. It's about his authority. And when you get in authority invested in you, then you've got to use that authority for the purposes that God gave them to. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say that to Nikki. He didn't say it just to Shannon or just to Mark. He said it to all of us. And so he took the authority that was his. All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. And now I give that authority and I bestow it upon you to go and do what I was doing. So we can say the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon Mark for the purposes of setting the captives free. It's not rocket science. It's just a belief system that says, yes, I know I'm inadequate. I know I'm a failure, but God has declared over me new things that have become the new truth in my life. He's given me a mandate and a responsibility, not just the mandate and responsibility, but he's given you the power and authority. He's given you the giftedness to do the job. It's a package deal. That's the beauty of it. God doesn't say, well, Tanya and Matt, I want you to pack your suitcases up and go to Zimbabwe and, and preach the gospel and just leave you high and dry. He'll, my grace is sufficient for you. And in, your, and in my weakness, my weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Why don't we have spiritual gifts functioning? Why don't we have power? Because we're not unleashing those things in the right context. Okay, yeah, we can do those things within the four worlds of the church, but that's not what they're designed for. They're designed to set the world on fire. Read the book of Acts. Where were the gifts outworked? Simon the sorcerer. Great example. The apostles came, they worked miracles, and Simon said, I don't know what you guys have got, but I want it, and I don't care how much it costs, I'll buy it. Wrong attitude, wrong mandate. But you understand what I'm saying? God has equipped you. He really has. And we've got to rise up, not by our strength, not by our might, but in the power of the spirit of the living God. So my encouragement is don't go to church. Be the church. You are the church. You are the sent ones. You've been called and you've been sent to go into all the world. And God has given you a sphere of influence. He's given you people around you, your family, your neighbours, where you work, that's your mission field. And what we don't do well enough as a church is validate that. Okay, so today we're going to do an exercise where we are going to commission one another to go back into our workplaces or wherever God has put us and to go with boldness and authority and power and validate that. It's okay for us to pray over Linda and say, Lord, I'm so grateful you put Linda in this school because there's lots of little kids who need a lot of help and they need to learn about Jesus and she can mold them and shape them. They're like wet concrete and she can help them grow into the knowledge of God and she can come into that place and be Jesus to them. And we can validate that. But on top of the validation, we can then say, God, give her power, give her wisdom. Give her your anointing to go and do the things that you've called her to do. And we can send her out and commission her. And we can do that for one another. We can validate the context that God's put us in. And we can rise up to the challenges that God's given us. 
and we can go out. And I believe that if we go out with that mindset, that God gives us divine appointments and divine opportunities, right? If we go out with our our God, use me, God, take me to the people that need to hear or to understand or need love or need a touch from you, then those doors will open everywhere you go in anything that you do. We're going to validate this morning. We're going to activate. You know, when we pray for Linda this morning, and I don't know who's going to pray for Linda, but this is how I'd pray. Lord, I thank you for Linda. I thank you for where you've placed her. And Lord, we, we just thank you that you gave her the gifts and abilities to be here. Whether that's a fencing contractor like Mark, or it doesn't matter the context. But it's then saying about those people, Lord, I really praise you that you've given them giftedness to work in that context. Matt, you want to put that slide back up for me, mate? I'm losing my place. But you want to activate the things that God has put in her life because what's happened in our journeys with God is that we haven't been at the cold face, right? We really haven't gone with the mindset that God sent us. So we've got all this stuff in our life that's gone dormant because we haven't used it. It's there. The gifts are there, ready to be used, ready to flow. But sometimes we've got to activate them. And when you speak out, you're speaking words of life, right? Speaking words of truth. It's okay for me to say, Lord, I know you've equipped Linda with all these sorts of gifts. And I pray that you would activate every one of them, that you would make her aware of the things that you've given to her to use in the school environment. And so revelation, Lord, give her revelation and enlightenment to understand. It's on a timer, Matt, sorry. That's why it's going off all the time. And release in her more of God. Release in her faith. Release in her belief, not in herself, but in God. Because unbelief always comes to undermine when we choose to step out, right? And we've got to stand against unbelief. If I can do through all things through Christ who strengthens me, they're the things we want to speak out over her life and activate in her life what God wants her to do. And Matt, what was the last one? And anoint. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and has anointed me. We're going to sing three songs. I surrender all. Saturate me in your anointing. And I breathe you in God. Okay? This morning, this is our opportunity to say, Lord, I'm willing to go. I surrender all. And Lord, to do that and to do it, I need your power and authority. I need your presence in my life. Saturate me in your anointing. And then it's the belief system that says, wherever I go, God's with me. And he will empower me when he chooses to place us in a situation. In that situation, God's authority and power will come. I want you to repeat after me, and I don't normally do this. I have... Authority in Jesus' name to set the captives free. What does it mean to set captives free? Teach them truth. Bring them healing. Bring them words of knowledge. Bring them wisdom. Bring them revelation. Set captives free. Whose authority is it? You're not going in my name. It's no good saying Mark sent me. You're going in Jesus' name. He has all authority, the name above all names, the names at which every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow. 
So this morning, this is your opportunity to say, yes, Lord, here I am. If you want to come to the front and just kneel, it's not going to be praying for anybody yet. This is just your time to get right with God. Maybe you feel powerless. Lord, would you come and saturate me afresh today? I want to recommit my life. I want to move in power and authority with you. And then it's a trust thing, Lord. Even when I don't understand, I'll choose you, God. I'll choose to worship. I'll choose to go. And then when we've had that time, I'm going to line you up in two rows again. You're going to stand opposite someone. And I want you to validate that person. Find out where they work or, or with their housewife. Validate that. It's an incredibly important job. Lord, I thank you for the giftedness and the season that that person in. I want to bless them. But I pray, Lord, wherever you've put them, that you will activate the gifts. And I want to release them to reach out to their neighbors and to, to bless their family. You get what I'm saying? And so what we're doing is we're validating wherever God has put us. And we're rising up to be a minister. We're rising up in courage and faith and boldness. Is it a bit scary? Absolutely. But sacrifice is risk. Sacrifice is cost. When you say, I surrender all, then you surrender your right to complain. You surrender your right to say no. You surrender your right to feel self-conscious anymore. You surrender everything. I surrender all. I remember one day I was having a bit of a downer and I said to the pastor that I was working with, Blah, 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 blah. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, Mark, you can't hurt a dead man. There's something in you that's not dead yet. We've got to die to ourselves and be a servant. This morning, I'm asking you, are you willing to go? You're willing to serve? You're willing to sacrifice? That's between you and God. I don't want to pressure anyone. I want to invite you to respond to God. However that is meaningful to you, we'll worship, we'll respond in our own hearts, and then we'll outwork that by praying for one another. Sound good? Cool. Thanks, Ross.
Let's believe this morning that before we pray for one another, before we pair up, there's some things that need to be broken. I believe when we talk about being sent by God, sometimes we get overcome by fear. This morning, if you're fearful about being used by God, about God putting words in your mouth or sending you to people, being used by Him, I want you to stand up if you're fearful. Sometimes I think we feel totally inadequate for it, like we compare ourselves with other people and we see the strengths in others and the giftedness in others, but we sort of feel like there's nothing for us to offer. You know, that's unbelief. That's a lie. That's like telling God that he's not true to his word. When God says he sends you, he will be faithful. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. It's not about you. It's about being available. It's not about your capability. Because none of us have it. We're a broken, shattered people. Yet we have this treasure in jars of clay. God has put within us this potential for greatness because he's there. He's the one in us. So if you feel inadequate this morning, I want you to stand up. And if you feel nothing this morning, if this whole thing has just been like a blank brick wall for you this morning, I want you to stand up as well. Father, this morning, I want to declare over the lives of these people your truth. Father, we are not a people who will shrink back. We will stand strong in the spirit of the sovereign Lord. We will rise up. We will take the mantle of authority that you have put upon us. We will tote that cloak of giftedness, of power, of authority. And we will trust in you because you are good. Father, I want to come against the spirit of fear this morning because you did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but you gave us a spirit of courage and boldness in humility. Father, we rest in you. We look to you. We lean on you. We trust in you. We rise up in faith. This is a faith exercise this morning. By faith, I will speak. By faith, I will go. By faith, God will fill my mouth with the words to say. By faith, when I lay hands on, healing will come. By faith, by faith, Lord, I want to impart faith this morning into the lives of those who believe lies. And Lord, we want to come against them and say they are no longer truth over people's lives. We break them in Jesus' name. Because Lord, you want us to be at the cold face. You want to use every one of us to know that we are empowered with the Spirit of God, to know that we knew nothing is impossible. That's your design for our lives. No more saying no. The promises of God are yes, yes and amen. I will trust in my God. I will trust in his word. I will stand on the truth and I'll go when he says go. And I'll go where he says to go. And I'll say the things that he says to say. Because he's good. And his ways are perfect. 
And he is sovereign and all-knowing and ever-present and all-powerful. That's the king we worship. That's the God who commissions us. And we trust in you. And Lord, I believe this morning there's just an emptiness for some people. Father, I want to come against that in Jesus' name. I want to break off every constriction and every restriction about those people. I want to pray, Lord, that their blind eyes, their spiritual eyes would be opened in Jesus' name. I want to come against the deafness in their ears, Lord God, that, Father, your words would ring in their ears, that the eyes of their heart, the ears of their, their inner man would be open to hear and receive from you, that experientially, Father, that you would come upon them, that you would make your presence known and real to them and that they would experience love like they never have before because you are a God of love. You want us to know and understand the depths of that love in our lives. Lord, if you could just minister to them this morning, I pray, by your Spirit, and set them free. Because, Lord, I believe as a church you want us to speak to nations. Be open. Speak into people's dark, blind minds. Be open. Speaking to people's crippled bodies with disease. Be open. You want us to speak into people's lives that are emotionally shipwrecked and say, Be healed. Be whole in Jesus' name. Lord, you want to send us out. Today's the day, Lord. We're going to say, Yes, Lord. Here I am. Send me. And we're going to put faith into action this morning, Lord God. We're going to use our mouths to speak out truth. We're going to be courageous and bold and declare that our God has all authority and all power and all honor is His in our lives today. We surrender it to you, Lord. We ask for your anointing as we begin to minister to one another. Lord, I pray for a gentle, sweet spirit, but Lord, I pray that you would come with power today and impart through us to each other. If you're under 20 this morning, can I ask you to come and stand over here with Stacy? We'll make it a bit less threatening for the young people. They can pray for one another in their little huddle. And I want the rest of you to stand up in two lines. Look, if this is really outside your comfort zone, you're going to have a heart attack, and we're going to have to call an ambulance, it's okay not to be part of this. We're not forcing anyone. But I really want you to rise up in faith today. I don't know who you're going to stand next to, but trust that God wants to use you. Speak those things over their life today. We'll put that PowerPoint up, Matt, so people can remember to validate, release, activate. That would be great. So let's push the chairs back. Two lines. Okay. Um, I feel today has been a real confirmation for me myself. Um, on Friday, I got a chance that Let go. I've got to move somewhere. God is leading me somewhere. And today it was just a confirmation of that. And I'm just here surrendering. I am going. I'm willing. And I'm just seeing where he will take me in.
over the weekend. It's sort of like he's been telling me, guiding me, um, hinting in ways that I can go and where I should go. And so in the next couple of weeks as I finish up at work, I'll just be looking to him to find out where I'm going next. And I just thought I'd share that this morning. and begin to just validate who they are as a person. Lord, I thank you that they're a great husband or a great father or whatever it is, and, and thank you for the, the job that you've given them, Lord. Thank you that you strategically placed them somewhere and that they have a mission field. So you're beginning to validate that God's put them in a certain place at certain times. And then we begin to say, Lord, I want you to release in them the gifts of the Spirit. You get the idea? You guys go for it. Don't hold back. Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity this morning just to to take the, the opportunity to be a blessing to other people. And Lord, we know that the more that we do this, the more we'll sharpen the giftedness that you've given us and the, the experience of being a minister will become much more natural. We thank you, Lord, that the truth is you want to use all of us in incredible ways and that when we say, yes, Lord, here I am, that nothing is impossible for you to do through us. It's the testimony of all of Scripture. And I pray this week, God, this coming week, that in our schools and in our workplaces and in our homes and communities, that you would give us divine appointments, that you would set it up, that you would put us in a place with someone that we would know 
that you are asking us to minister to them. And that, Father, you would give us, when we, when we take that step of faith, and this is all about faith, trusting in the goodness of God to use us, that, Lord, you'll fill our mouths with the right words. You give us wisdom. You give us understanding and clarity to know what to do and how to do it and what to say so that, Father, we would see your blessing flow through us to other people. And we would see your glory begin to come. Lord, I pray that this week we get to say, be opened in some way, be opened in someone's life for the chains of bondage and darkness to be broken and for liberty and freedom to come. Because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And I pray, Lord, that you would just flow through us dynamically this week, wherever you've put us, so that we can be your vessel, your instrument, your servant this week. And I pray a blessing over each one here, Lord. Thank you for their courage. Thank you for their willingness to be stretched and to grow. And Lord, I know when we when we journey that way, you, you won't fail us. You'll teach us more. You'll open more doors for us. And Father, I pray that as a church and as individuals, you'll just continue to take us deeper with you. Stretch us, Lord. Make it inconvenient. Make it sacrificial. Lord, teach us to be humble. But Lord, give us your power and authority and let us walk with it in boldness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before you depart, I have a piece of paper to give you. It's a very important piece of paper because on it, it has someone's face. And I want us as a church to be praying about who it is that God wants us to invite to the next Alpha course. Okay? Because I believe God will put people around you and don't have to invite everyone. Invite the one that God's telling you to invite. Because he's already working in their life. He's already calling them. And so if you write the, invite the right one, it's good. So where do I want you to put this on the back of your toilet door? And every time you're, you can pray, Lord, who is it? Who do you want me to have the courage to ask? Who do you want me to have the boldness to go and say, hey, would you come with me to an Alpha course and learn all about my God? Sound fair? Okay, I'm going to ask you the next week who it is. Not that I'll be here, but uh, I'll be in Fiji lying on a beach somewhere. That's, that's, what's that? Yeah, you and me both. So I'll hand these around. Can, can we do this? It'd be great to have a wall that we put up with people's names on it so that we can have prayer nights and be praying for people in our, in our groups because I think this is the real next thing for our church. We've got to reach out. We've got to see unbelievers come to the Lord and we've got to use all the gifts that God's given us impart into them and it'll snowball so praise god grab one and off you go thanks Greg. have a cup of everybody if anybody would like prayer feel free to come to the front Thank you. 